pot you down a little bit lower than you normally are just because I think you're hot. I mean, I think you're hot anyway. It seems you're hot at me. We can't have that. My voice has to be the hum, the voice of the show, the voice of the podcast. It's Kelly, Jack, and Donna. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? Oh, I know what you're saying. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. It's a podcast where we talk about things you are already talking about with family and friends. Pop culture, trends, headlines in the news, music, concerts, social media, and often endearing and revealing conversations about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. Donna, welcome to Cadillac Jack, my second act. Hi, my name is Donna and I'm Caddy Swipe. This podcast just keeps expanding the topics. I love it. We do a little bit of everything. Used to be marriage, parenting, personal, personal growth. growth. What was it this time? Now it's social media, it's yes. concerts, music, it's venues, it's music, we it's entertainment. We are authorities on everything in your world. I don't know about that. I don't either. Yeah, We're yeah. not actually. Let's take that I'm back. barely an authority on anything in my own world. I am doing something next year, and I haven't even told you about this. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people who is like, let's save that for the podcast or for radio. But there are some things where I'm like, let's save this for the podcast. Okay. Well, here we are. So, as your dad used to call it, the podcast. Remember that? I do. Granddaddy Bill. God bless him. His birthday. Are you listening right now? I am. I'm listening right now. My dad's birthday is Thursday. I am going to Mm, mm, mm. scale Mount Everest, but I'm not going to the actual Mount Everest. Okay. What's this? Like a a virtual reality thing? No. So, Jesse Eitzler, who's married to uh, Sarah Blakely, who owns Spanx, has this motivational company and he does a bunch of different things. And one of the things that his company does is it's called 29029. And that's how many feet it is to Mount Everest. And so what he does is he goes to three different cities during the year and he takes, there's only like 250, 300 people per city. And you basically come and you glamp in like a camp for a weekend And you have 36 hours to walk 29,029 feet, which depending on the city, it's a different, it may be 15 hikes up the um, mountain, if that makes sense. And after you go up the mountain, you take a gondola down and then you go back up the mountain, take a gondola Uh, down. Okay. I'm, I'm a little confused. I'm a little confused. Okay. Questions. So in Atlanta specifically, what will it be? Will it be Stone Mountain? Will it be? Oh, no, I'm not. There's not one in Atlanta. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. You travel. Is it international or is it, is it local? No, 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 no. Okay. So I'm going to probably go either to Jackson Hole or Sun Valley. So these are the cities. Sun Valley, Jackson Hole. Well, those are like uh, vacation cities. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Snow Basin. Whistler. This Canada. is a ruse, isn't it? This is a ruse. Stratton. This really has no, nothing to do with. Well, no, it's not. It's a vacation. I mean, I'm sure it's something that it's mainly, well, it's all different ages that do it, but I'm sure it's something that 40 and 50 year olds do to find themselves. I have an old sales assistant at Kix named Anna. I remember Anna. And Anna is head of floor, F L O R, which is a huge company. So she is super successful. She has done this. I think three times 
And probably a year ago when she did it, I reached out to her and I'm like, gosh, I'm so proud of you. I've always wanted to do this. And she's like, you need to do this with me next time. And so they give you this whole training plan and you just go and do different hikes. And and they tell you, depending on what city you're in, where you go to do your preparation hikes and all this. And honestly, a lot of people don't finish it. There's no penalty to finish, not finishing. You're not competing. It's not like a Peachtree Road Race. You're not competing against other people. You're competing against yourself. Every time you come down, they give you a big brand and you brand a wooden board for the summit. And the goal, like I said, you, some people go and sleep for four hours. You can do it however you want, but you have 36 hours to complete it. Okay. Questions. Now, well, first of all, let me say I'm very proud of you. Let me, let me begin by, by giving you props. I think this Thank is you. fantastic and I'm super proud of you. So I'll give you an example. Jackson Hole, the one that I'm doing, it's 1559 feet, vertical foot. I'm going to have to do 19 hikes up. In order to, co- equip, to, to, to be the equivalent of Mount Everest. Correct. Okay. Each hike up is 1.1 mile, which is not bad. And I'm going to cover 20.9 miles. So it's not unbearable. However, you have to remember, it's not flat. It's a vertical up. And you get these poles to use to go up. Um, and then if you make all of the, like if you do the complete thing, you get a red hat. And the hat is like a huge deal. Um, but again, there's probably, I can't remember, like they gave the statistics, but 20% of people don't finish it the first time. But finishing for everyone could be different. You know, it could not be doing the entire 29,000, 29, Feet. And then are there are there like things you learn along the way? I'm thinking like, you know, when you do a corn maze in the fall and, and you have to know a Bible verse or something in order to go on, in order to you know continue your journey, or you have to answer a, a question right about uh, the no. history of Halloween or something? Are there, no, are there you're the, on the wrong trail. Yes. Yeah, so no. Is it that, that type of event? No, no. Here's what they say. In the modern world, we get fewer and fewer opportunities to step outside our comfort zones and do something truly memorable. We believe that doing hard things like climbing up a mountain for 36 hours can unlock a better version of each of us that's too often hidden away. We've seen the positive impact that this challenge has had on thousands of climbers and hope you'll join our community of gritty, commu- committed people. That's me. Okay. Indeed. So what, when, is this, uh, when is this excursion? I think it's next, this in the July. next July. I'll start my training, I think, in October. July through October. <laughs> no, no, no. Huh? No? It's, it's just... I only do, I do it in 36 hours. It's, it's how, how long two days. Two days. Okay. Two, two days. That's okay. Two days. You come in and they have like a rave and a, a rave. empowerment meeting. A rave. And, okay. Oh yeah. I mean, this is like, right. they put you up in a really nice place. Uh-huh. It's glamping. Um, they have doctors on site. They have massage therapists. They have whatever you need, you know. So it's like a field trip for wealthy white women. And men. No, there's a ton okay. of men that do it. Okay. Ton. Um, it's do, equal do you know parts any, women and men. Do you know anybody going other than Anna? Is Anna going? Um, I last year for the one she did, and again, there's four cities for her city. I think she did Jackson Hole. It was a team of six that trained together, um, four women and two guys. Well, this is exciting. I'm excited. Now, where are you going to train? I, well, th- they give you the training. They're like, you know, again, here, like you should go to start on this hike, this one hike. It's one mile flat. And then maybe it's Kennesaw Mountain. And then it's Sawney Mountain. And then it's, you know, you're trying to build up. A lot of it is mental, as you can imagine, because you get very tired and right. you're, you're tired, big Steve. 
Big Steve, I'm tired. And you Big get Steve. a light that you get to wear. I'm so excited about that on your head because you do hike at night. Right. So people see you coming. There's a homeless man. It's at night. Sunset is at night. Okay. And he's panhandling. All right. As they often do at every intersection in downtown Midtown Atlanta. But Donnie, he's got a reflective vest on. This homeless man's wearing a reflective vest. I love and that. I thought to myself, you know what? Good for you. And I rolled down the window, gave him a $20 bill. I love Good for that. you. Safety first, sir. Safety in numbers. If, if not in numbers, uh, just safety in general. Safety first. And he, he was doing that. Like he, uh, he was proud of his reflective vest that I'm sure he borrowed from a local retailer or something. You know? Yeah. I just thought it was ingenious. Well, the listen, last person he killed. Um, we, now, now, Sarah Blakely, the Atlanta-based company is Spanx, and that's what, uh, that's what you ladies wear that keeps your parts in, right? Correct. So that sucks them all in and makes you look thinner than you actually are. Her husband, Jesse, is a fantastic motivational speaker. If you've never listened to his TED Talk, man, you're missing out. Okay. Um, he's a part owner of the Hawks. He owned... Uh, he owned part of the, I think part of the Yankees. He has a great story, um, but just so motivating. Now, does he go with you? Does he hike with everybody? Um, no, he doesn't. Okay. No, he started the company. And I, I know a few times he's come and spoken the night before. I mean, they have like really incredible speakers that At the know, rave. Olympic athletes that speak. Yeah. And then the rave starts. Do they hand out like glow sticks and things? Oh, yeah. I love it. I, lo- I might go just for the rave. Can I join you for the rave? Sure. And then I'll fly and back people to can come and cheer you on. Um, In Jackson, so. Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anna's daughters came. It was fantastic. Okay. Well, now I'm on down. Well, I'll be there. Okay. Tell me the day again. The two days. I'll get you the exact dates. Okay. But th- we think this is sometime July through October. No, 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 no. The event I'm doing is in July. July. I'm going to start training this October. This October. Then you have all the gear necessary? I'll have to get I mean, I don't take a lot. I what mean, does that include? Like some spandex and compression shorts? Spandex yeah, stuff? Yeah, shorts and okay. shirts. Athletic bras ears? Athletic bras? Decent hiking boots. Yeah. My feet aren't in great shape. I worry about my feet, but I can do this. Okay. No, you can. You can, Donna. And you're going to do a fantastic... And I mean this. I'm not being a smartass. I know sometimes you think I'm being a smartass. I'm not at all. I'm very proud of you. This is fantastic. I appreciate that. So, I don't really know that I can do it. You I'll can. be honest with you. You can, Donna. Stop it. We're going to we're gonna end this episode right now. If you Can't do not, could. if you exactly, you say I'm Donna. I'm Donna, and I can do it. Let me hear it now. I'm Donna, and I can do One it. One more time. I'm Donna, and I can do it. One more time. I'm Donna, and I can do it. Especially if there's like some <sighs> good looking person like in front of me with short yeah. shorts. That's gonna yeah. keep me going. Okay. All right. Um, okay. I will say this: the one thing we always said to our kids, we had this like family mantra, and it was kind of a joke. But it was like, Choats never quit. Right. Our last name's Choats. C-H-O-A-E-T-E. Yes. And so I'm going to put that. You can put whatever you want on your bib that you wear so they know your name. You have a name and a number. Your bib. And I'm going to put that on mine. Bib. Is that like for yes. food? Dri- drippings no, and things? It has, like when you race, even if you do the peach tree, you get a bib you get with a your number. number and, I got you. Yeah. Bib. I, I didn't know that was called a bib. Now I'm going to tell you something, Kelly Jack. It's uh, not cheap me. to do this event. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. Can we do a Halo game? Yeah. All right. I'm going to say. No, hold on. Let's uh, think about this. Well, does it training? include airfare? Airfare? No, it does not include training. Well, who are you paying for training? Well, they give you all the tools and there's Zoom calls and stuff like that. And then a very nice glamping situation. Right, right. The welcome gift bag. The welcome two gift. Days. The welcome gift Lots bag. Lots of swag. Uh-huh. Access to doctors, massage right. therapists, rave. Okay. Fantastic food the whole weekend. Okay. Open bars. Wow. Wow. Although I don't think I don't be stumbling up the up the uh, up the mountain wherever it is. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say this package is not valued at, but costs twenty two thousand five hundred dollars. That is way high. 
Oh. It's probably less than you paid to go damn see Winona well, or I never Beyonce. Saw her. Never saw her. Well, Beyonce's well, coming you up. saw Winona, right? Uh, I, I saw her in concert, but I didn't get to the, the, the fan VIP fan experience with her. Yes. And I never got a call back from Ticketmaster. Here's an update. Never got a call back mm. from Ticketmaster. But yet I'm getting ready to spend uh, another dollar, a lot of, lot of dollar, uh, dollar uh, for the Beyonce VIP experience. When she comes to Mercedes-Benz Stadium for three shows. Uh, well, I Char- got you a pair of tickets for your birthday. I know, and I'm very grateful for that. And, and, and I'm going to have a great time that night. And then Charlotte, our 17-year-old daughter, who's a rising senior in high school, we're going uh, a second night. And we are on the stage. In the, uh, okay. We're, we're, what? You just have to be very careful. We're going to have to have a lot of conversations. You can't just leave her. Where, where am I going to go? And be on a concert? Well, just like you when you go to the bathroom and stuff, like you have to have your eyes on her. There's a VIP bathroom under the stage. She, okay. I'll, she'll come. We'll be fine. We'll be, I appreciate it. I know what you're saying. We'll be fine. You and I have seen Beyonce and Jay-Z. Great I show. love Beyonce, Great but I, not this level. What do you mean this but level? But everybody has their person. Well, I don't understand what you're saying. What do you mean? I wouldn't. I don't, I'm, exci- I'm, like, I'm not even going to see Beyonce, but I'm excited. I like her. I loved Lemonade. I don't know. What do you mean? You I know, know she's your one. She is. She was my artist uh, on Spotify last year. No, she so was, it's great. That's uh, what I'm saying. Like, I would probably pay that to see. I like, I was considering paying that for like Taylor Swift or somebody. Yeah. But. Uh, you're either uh, bitches and hoes or you're bitches or hoes, I think. And it depends on what side of the stage you're on. Uh, there's That's a, empowering. There are risers on the right and risers on the left. And I don't know if we're bitches or hoes, Charlotte and myself. Um, just listen to what you just said. What, what do you mean to say? That's what they call it. I mean, that's, that's the way it is. But you get a welcome gift. That I never got from Winona. Uh, there is no meet and greet, and they make that very clear. There's some sort of photo op. Photo op, but there's an asterisk in the uh with like a photo in, in the list. Beyonce. Yes, there's a there's an asterisk. Maybe you that. get a picture with Tina, her mama. Oh, I would love it. I would love it. Or you know, me, Michelle Williams and I are gonna carpool. She's my neighbor ah, uh, at right. Trillith from Destiny's Child. She lives uh, three doors down, four doors down. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'm sure she's gonna come out and do some sort of singing. Some singing at Beyonce. Beyonce. Let anybody on the stage so, from Destiny's Child. Do what now? Just tell you. Well, she did for uh, for for the homecoming project. Okay. Well, she did. Hey, listen, her daddy says, and I've heard from other people, maybe my neighbor, maybe not. There's going to be a Destiny's Child reunion. So there you go, huh? Now I would love to see that. Well, it's going to happen, Donna. It's going to happen after this world tour with Bay gets over. Destiny's Child, you heard it here first. Destiny's Child is reuniting for a world tour after Bay gets done and rests and, and finally gets to her home in California, the most expensive. A home ever paid uh, that was ever paid for just in cash. Did you know that? I did. Yeah, just crazy. I mean, they paid cash. They just rolled. It's going to be a fantastic yes show on stage. And look for us. Uh, I'll be the one twerking and just, and just, just. I mean, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for my girl Bay. Two nights of the three. I'll see you there. Bartender, put the partition down. Driver, put the partition down. You want to play some Beyonce? We can sing along. We can do that. Actually, we don't have Bluetooth. Darn. Yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> Woo! Um, what else is going on in the world? Barbie. Is Barbie? you still in doubt? What a marketing campaign! But it, listen, listen, it listen, paid that off. the marketing campaign is what has fueled this movie. One hundred and fifty-five million dollars opening weekend for Barbie. Uh, the the biggest opening. Of any movie so far this year, and we're over halfway through the year, and the biggest opening ever for a female director. And Donna, you were there opening night dressed in pink. I was. Um, I also want to say that, you know, there was so much talk about Oppenheimer, the other movie yes. coming out this week, and the same, actually the same day. They did. I think, because they kind of did a combo, combo purchase. Yes. Some theaters Which even I gave loved. you tickets to both. Yeah. And, I, and what I loved the most was originally 
everyone thought it was going to be billed as this boys versus girls. You know, Oppenheimer's for the boys, Barbie's for the girls. Who's going to win? And that all got kind of shoved aside. And it just became this beautiful hodgepodge of these two very different movies, but very important movies that people wanted to see. And I love that. I love that it wasn't like, you know, boys versus girls. If you remember, I don't know if you knew this Cadillac Jack, but for the Minions movie that came out not too long ago, a lot of teenage and college guys were dressing up in like black suits. Correct. So everyone knew for Barbie that people were going to be coming out. Now, let me tell you something. I had to, I do have a pair of pink pants. I had a, what I have? I had a pair of pink pants. I had a pink cowboy hat that was bought for me. I went with three girls, friends, and one person was in charge of like the Party City cowboy hats. The Party party City Run. Some woman stood up at the theater before it started and asked if everyone would respectfully take off their cowboy hats so that everyone could see the movie. And I thought that was fantastic that was this, was in this, the spirit of female camaraderie. Right. Well, absolutely. Was this... Was this um like approved by the theater or did she just do this on her own? She just did it on her own. I love that. All right. I mean, and I be, thought that's fantastic. And vocal. I removed my hat just like we're sure. at, like get ready to do the national anthem. And you probably would not have done that had she not made the announcement at the top of the show. No, top I wanted to picture. remove my top. It was so hot. All but right. anyway. Okay. You should have gone to the theater next door and seen Oppenheimer and taken the top off. It was fantastic. You said you bawled. You said you bawled during this. Kind of like you in, 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 on the radio this week on the Cadillac Donna Morning Show. Uh, you, you said that it was very much like the first time you saw Frozen. Yes, it was. Emotion. I took, um, I can't remember if I took Charlotte or Olivia. I think I took Charlotte to see Frozen. And it was before, there wasn't a lot of talk at the time about Frozen. I just knew it was a new Disney movie. Whenever there was a new Disney movie out and you had kids, you're going to see it. And I was so overwhelmed in that movie. And a lot of it had to do with the sister relationship. And then the other part of it was just the music. And when she, I'll never forget this, when they launched into Let It Go, that spoke to me. Like as a grown woman, it spoke to me. And I remember walking out of the theater and all of us moms were just like, wow. I mean, the the kids liked the movie, but all of the moms walking out were like, did you feel something from that movie? And it's like, yes. So this movie, I, I, I wasn't, it was, I was crying happy tears. Like it just was so happy. And it was really about self-love and acceptance. It wasn't just this huge female empowerment message, like we're going to rule the world and all that stuff. It wasn't that. It was just, it was very emotional. I know that sounds crazy. I, I really do. But I think if you see it, you may have the same reaction. There was a great message of girl power if you bring your daughters to see it. Just about what girls can do and how they can overcome certain things and how if you're friends with a girl, it doesn't have to be bitter and biting and jealous. And Ryan Gosling was the perfect Ken. He was fantastic. And I think he's going to win Academy Award. Oh, stop it. If, if, if Ryan Gosling is Ken from the Barbie movie wins an Oscar for best actor. Ah, uh, good for him. I think he will good be for nominated for good sure. For and let me just tell you, sometimes my predictions hold true. Uh, how crazy, how, recall, how crazy they may be. If they you do. recall on this podcast, we had a huge conversation about Tyler Hubbard. And I said to you, when he first debuted or even spoke about coming out as right. a 
you know, a solo, solo performer. Because if you're not familiar with um, Tyler Hubbard, he was in the duo. The Georgia half of Florida Georgia Line. Correct. And I said to you, we're going to be sitting here, and he's going to be one of the most successful solo male country artists of, of all time? No, but oh, I said he's going to become, yeah. Yeah, okay. he's going to step enough. into it like a Kenny Chesney. Fair enough. And he has. He I, has. I would agree with that. I would agree. And his, his new single, Dancing in the Country, I love. Oh, it's and the fantastic. first six times I heard it, I didn't like it. I thought it was kind of uh, campy and cheesy, but I love it now. It's, it's probably one of my favorite songs that we play uh, during the morning show every morning. It's fantastic. I crank it up. So I am manifesting that Ryan Gosling will at least okay. get nominated. Right. And he really wanted to play this role. He got a lot of crap for taking this role. People are like, whoa, Ryan Gosling's career is taking a turn. He said, this is an incredibly important role for me, and I want to do this role. I love the way the female director, Greta Gerwig, wrote this part and she is incredible. She got a lot of heat right. for taking on Barbie because she um, was the director for Ladyburg. She was the director for little women. And I was so excited when I heard she was going to be directing it because I thought this is going to be good. But I've got to tell you, I also thought it was going to be really heavy handed on the feminism, you know, message. I'm sure and there was like, some of that messaging there though. There was no, and there needed to be because they did take on a lot of the themes about Barbie and the way women look and how they feel about their appearance. They did take a lot of that on, but they did just a great job. Here, here's what great the studios, job. here's what the studios also did. Uh, they did what's called counter programming. And this has been done many times in the past with Hollywood uh, releases. So you had the Barbie movie and then you had, um, what was the other? The, uh, the Oppenheimer. Okay. Yes. Uh, what they chose to do is release these two movies the same day. Both directors agreed to do this. And there was even like a, you know, meme mashups and poster mashups and merch. Here are some examples of counter-programming in Hollywood. Uh, the same July weekend, 15 years ago, 15 years ago, this very same weekend that uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer dropped on him. Christopher Nolan was a part of another famous double bill. The Dark Mama is what they called it. What two movies released the same July weekend, 15 years ago? Counter-programming in Hollywood. Two movies, entirely different uh, audiences, entirely different themes. The Dark Mama, 15 years ago. I'll, 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 I'll save us the time here. Would you know which two movies it was? No, I don't. Okay. Mama Mia mm -hmm. and The Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Oh. Okay. Very similar to Barbie and Oppenheimer in that they have different audiences, different, uh, different demos, everything. All right. Um, both movies got butts and seats on opening weekend, though Joker brought in $158 million compared to ABBA. Uh, it was ABBA, right? That did Mamma Mia? Yeah. Mamma Mia. Uh, $158 yeah. million for the Joker, ABBA, and uh, Mamma Mia did $27 million. Sometimes, Donna, the singing hits the right notes. These two movies opened the same weekend in May 2015. The acapella romp scored $70 million, and this movie about just an apocalyptic hellscape tale, this tale of just an apocalyptic world, drew in $45 million opening weekend. Wow. The two movies, May 2015, Pitch Perfect 2, Mad Max, Fury Mad Road, Max. were yes. marketed much like Barbie and Oppenheimer were this past weekend. I just teared up in the movie. There were certain parts that I just thought were really sentimental and sweet. And a lot of it may have to do with my age and how I played with Barbies. You know, I would take all my mom's towels and wash rags, okay? Right. And I would build a huge Barbie village, like either in my room or in the living room, because nobody went to the living room because, you know, that was the place with all the furniture that was covered with the plastic. True, true. And your mom only took it off when the Avon lady came. Right, right. Otherwise, you were not allowed in the room, much less sit on the, sit on the, the couch. Yes. So my mom would play this game for about two days. 
And then she'd want her wash rags and her towels back. Basically, what I did is I had my Barbie dream house, but then I needed more rooms because I had Skipper and I had, you remember Skipper, Barbie's little sister? Was it her sister or niece? I think it was her sister. And then, I mean, I just had all these things going on. And so I needed more rooms. So I would take the towel and make that like the carpet. And then I would roll up the wash rags and make them little beds. You had to get creative because the accessories, you know, I know in our house, money was tight. There was not any kind of expendable income for, for Barbie beds and Barbie, uh, you know, Barbie uh, floats and things for her pool there in the uh, the Barbie dream house and things. You, you kind of created yes. your own accessories, you know? I had a plane. Gosh, I wish I still had that plane. It looked like a white Delta jet. I love that plane. And of course, Barbie was the stewardess. She wasn't like the pilot. Well, she's been she everything. She's been everything through the years. Well, but, Ken was the pilot. You know, right. He's always the pilot. Right. And then I had a couple of Barbie cars and Ken always drove the car up to get Barbie. I am a very, very independent woman. I've had successful careers and non-successful careers. I've had successful marriages, non-successful marriages. My point to all of this is I grew up in a time where Barbie was the stewardess. She was the stay-at-home mom. It didn't affect me. And I think some people write so much about Barbie. She's become like the national figure for feminism or her body or, and, and yes, there, you know, nobody has a waist that cinched and breast that perky unless you're a Kardashian or you've had some work done, but it's okay. Sometimes I think we put way too much emphasis on certain things. And, you know, the time that I grew up in, there weren't a lot of female pilots. But it didn't mean that I didn't think I could be a female pilot. Does that make sense? Of course it does. Of course it does. And you need to preach that same that same thinking to your kids. Yes. And we, any of us women over the age of 40, grew up in a time when feminism was sort of locked away in a closet. You know, you, it wasn't, you didn't talk about it. You didn't take on gender roles. If you took them on, you took them on silently and you just said, you know, I'm going to do this myself. But um, nowadays... It's very different. And I'm sure people play with Barbies. Very different. And I'm sure some of the things that you can buy and, you know, Bar- like I said, Barbie is the veterinarian. Barbie is the doctor. And that's great. But what I love the most about Barbies was you had to use your imagination. You had to come up with the storylines. And some of them weren't good. Let me tell you, I had some storylines going. Well, but it allowed you to use your creativity. It allowed you to, your, your mind to become just uh to create storylines. You didn't know you were doing it at the time, maybe, but to, you know, creative writing and creative, uh, you know, just uh, creative ideas and using that, that creative portion of your brain, whichever part that might be. Yeah. Go see it. All right. And I don't care if you're a man. Go see it. And look I for Ryan you. Gosling. Donna says, look for Ryan Gosling to get a Best Actor. He's fantastic. Nomination. An Oscar nomination for. And their outfits are adorable. I want to dress uh, up for you and I. Okay. Like for, um, oh, you know what we should do? We're getting some pictures made this week. We yep. have got to come up with a Barbie Ken outfit. All right, work on that for me because I don't have anything pink. What are we going to do? I we don't have pink. one. No, but I mean, like, we need one of the iconic outfits. You need, like, the white pants and the white zipper boots and an ascot. Okay. Do you have an ascot? Chaps? Did you say chaps? I no, I didn't chaps. say chaps. Oh. I said an ascot. An as- what is that? An ascot. You know, like a blue scarf you can tie around your neck? Uh, I don't have one of those now. Do you have a dickie? Uh, pardon? Like, yes. You remember? Two. Oh, that'd be so fun. Uh, pictures of Wednesday. Don't forget that. Wednesday, 2.30. I don't Wednesday, know if I can put this together by Wednesday. Wednesday, to work. We need to get to work. Get to work. Let me get on Amazon. All right. Here's a number for you. Hi, Lo. We're going to have a conversation about this story coming up during this episode of Cadillac Check My Second Act. The number is 24. 
24% of young adults think that marriage is outdated and that the tradition doesn't really matter anymore. 24%. Is that number high or is that number low? The answer in the conversations coming up. Did you hear what Cadillac Jack and Donna were talking about in the morning? CrossFit Chris has been my FedEx man for two years. Very in shape. He has taken his FedEx shirt and like modified it. You say he modified his uniform. What do you mean? He cut it off. Like he doesn't have sleeves. It's like a FedEx muscle muscle shirt. Yeah, because he's going to get down and push those boxes like down the hall. And it's like, he's like, Aah! and I'm like, oh, yep. Okay, come on. How's he know you're ready? He rings my back doorbell. I bet he rings your back. Welcome to FedEx. This you know what call I mean? may be okay. monitored Stop. or recorded for quality assurance. Stop. I need the reason. He, the driver, there is no driver reason. who is acting inappropriately on his route. Oh, my God. That's the reason. Uh, you got to think upon it. You can't, you can't just walk around. He can do whatever he wants to you do. You can't, Don. He's representing FedEx. Who do you think you are? Wake up with us 530 till 10. Cadillac Jack and Donna, the Bear 92.5. Gallery Furniture, Gainesville, 1600 Browns Bridge Road. That's where you're going to find uh, the Gallery Furniture crew, our family from Gallery Furniture, including Donna. Ask for Donna, who has been there uh, for the entire run of Gallery Furniture. Her daddy, the Wolfman, started the company years and years and years ago. Unclaimed Furniture is what it was originally called. And when you go to the Gainesville location of Gallery Furniture, you can still see some of the original signs that say Unclaimed Furniture. Uh, Donna's got photographs through the years, through the decades of serving local communities here in Atlanta, with top-notch furniture for every room in your house at a great price. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. I love Madonna Jack, and I love Madonna from Gallery Furniture, too. I got two Donnas in my life. My life's better because I got two Donnas in it. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, we probably like order you around a lot. Uh, wait, wait, listen, I'll tell you, y'all, y'all are a lot to handle. Y'all are a lot to handle when, when, the, when we're, the three of us we're are together. together. Yeah, when the two Donnas yeah. are together. You can be a, you can be a, a team, a tag team. Uh-huh. Yes. Can be trying. Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, that's like a, that? That, we'll, we'll take that one. Is yes. that what you said? I was going to go a little stronger, but yeah, trying. I don't want to put good. words in your mouth. Don't do that. Don't put anything in my mouth. Difficult? But, is that what uh, you're no, 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 no. But listen, you're both very, very beautiful, intelligent, business-minded women who have been very successful. And Donna, uh, Donna from Gallery learned a lot of that from her dad, the Wolfman. And you grew up with Donna and the Wolfman and her, her mama, Betty Joe, Wolfman's wife, Betty Joe, and, uh, in Smyrna. And you and Donna graduated high school together at Campbell. So uh, you've been around this family for your entire life. Yeah. And you know what? Um, also, she's raised a very strong daughter, just like we've raised strong daughters. Um, her daughter, Marilyn, works with her. And sometimes I'll go up there and we'll have these great like conversations and she'll say, why is she so strong-headed? And I say, I don't know. I don't know why my daughters are so strong-headed. And we'll just look at each other and be like, well, you know, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. True that. I have really good news on the gallery front. The air conditioning is on is on and blowing this is a company that has never had air conditioning not because they couldn't afford it or didn't want it for their customers it's just a warehouse type building it's a lot to to take on and do um but because of this global warming situation people it's just getting hotter and hotter and hotter and she realized at some point i have to get air have to get air I think a lot of that could have been like, do you want a bunch of sweaty people sitting on your furniture? No, I would not. I would not. No. But listen, no. It, 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 it's something that just shows you that when you go to gallery in Gainesville and you pay them a visit and you make that short trip to 1600 Brownsburg Road, Gainesville, um, it, it's, it's a warehouse. Listen, they, and, yeah. they, 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 there's no shame in that either. It's been the, it's been gallery furniture. You've driven by there maybe hundreds of times and never stopped by. 
it's a, it's a showroom. It's a warehouse. All right. But what they do by not having these crystal chandeliers and, and by not having a, a customer lounge with a, a, a golf, uh, nine, nine holes of golf and whatever, uh, they, they pass those savings on to you. All right. They don't have that overhead. And a gallery 100%. furniture, the savings uh, pass on to you. Now, here's what happens. Guarantee you financing. If you've had six months on the job in a checking account, that's it. One, two, bam. One, two, punch. Boom, boom. One, two, punch, Donna. Uh, six months on the job in a checking account. Guaranteed financing. Gallery furniture. Ask for the Wolfman. Ask for Donna. Ask for the Wolfman.com. 24% of young adults think that marriage is outdated and that the tradition doesn't really matter anymore. 24%. Is that number high or is that number low? That number, Donna, is very, very, very low. Hmm. 40% of young adults think that marriage is, 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 is unnecessary. It doesn't matter. It's outdated. Agree or disagree? I don't know if there's any agreeing or disagreeing. It makes me a little despondent, sad. I wonder if it's a reflection of how we've raised these kids. It's always blamed on us. I mean, let's just face it. Any, you know how when they get older and they're, they start talking about like, especially like at Thanksgiving and Christmas, like, well, the reason I'm the way I am is because you guys were like, it's like, oh, Lord, everything we did was a problem. And we did the same thing to our parents, you know? Well, I mean, God forbid, remember at any like um, family thing up in the mountains, sometimes that story would always come up about you being just home alone in the summer. In the and summer, I mean, yeah. your mom would just change. God bless her. She would just change the subject so quickly because it's very uncomfortable. Yep. Here's what happened. My mother was chosen to teach at the North Carolina State Legislator School, a gifted program. Uh, I was a part of it for one summer. Clearly, it was uh, before they started vetting children and looking at the transcripts and things. Oh, boy. Pulling her criminal history. But uh, I, I went, and mother really, really appreciated the program, as did I. But she um, she um, went and uh, applied to become a, a, an educator and instructor the next summer. So she was gone for like two months. I was 15 years old. My sister was 17 years old the first year. Second year, I'm 16. My sister is 18, I guess. And when I say unsupervised, I mean unfreaking supervised. There was no one there watching us. Um, but let's and, be really clear because sure. I know our kids have said, how could Grammy do that? And we've even said that. Like, what? what? But she also needed that money. Sure she did. And it was a two and a half hour drive. She was two and a half hours away at Western Carolina University, which uh, if you're not from the, you know, the South, Western Carolina University is about uh, 45 minutes west of Asheville, North Carolina, in the mountains, and Cullowhee, North Carolina. That's C-U-L-L-O-W-H-E-E. Enjoy the we. Uh, Western Carolina is, is very, very near and dear to, to, to our family. Uh, my great-grandparents went. My grandparents went. Uh, my mother, my father, my sister. Myself, I was the only one, though, Donna, not to what? Graduate. Not to graduate. That's right. I was a black sheep when it came You're to You're going Western. okay. Uh, I did okay. I did okay. And so um, mother came home unannounced one Saturday night. And I bet there were 200 people in our house. You're talking about open house party. And somebody comes running in the front door, the garage. I went in the front door. Come running in the, 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 the garage door. Hi, Julie, Julie. Hi, Jane's home. Everybody called mama by her first name. Jane's home. Jane's here. Everybody's like, ha, 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 ha. She's two and a half hours away in Cullowee. Jane's not here. She's not home. My mama. My mama walked in that front door. Oh. My mom and my, my, I tell you what, I shit my pants. There are 200 people. There are people that are doing things that, uh, my mother never seen before. Her, her, her. Unsavory. My gosh. It was just, it was sadistic. Is that a word? What is that? Like hedonism. Yes, it's a word. Like hedonism, the resort. It was hedonism. Hed- whatever it's called, it was going on. And meanwhile, y'all are 15, 16 years old. What's it's wrong crazy. with you? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I will tell you, I do believe 
that that uh, that 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 unnecessary freedom was a opportunity to build some habits that I don't know that I would have ever started had I not been unsupervised for sixty days, two summers in a row. And you're well, right, my mama tried to change. So my mama tried. To, well, I'm, I feel pretty shoulda, coulda, woulda that I did a. Um, but uh, Mama, she, um, you're right. She would change subject every time that was brought up because she did not. Oh, I mean, as an adult, she knew we would talk about. She it. knew that that was uh, not the best idea in the world. My daddy didn't even know they were divorced. My dad didn't even know. And when Daddy found out, my oh my goodness, it was a uh, things changed. Things changed. Well, daddy, Daddy could have come over and taken care of you too. Yeah, right? well, he could have. He could have. But my, my Mama, she walked in. She was actually pretty cool. She said to me, uh, the house was for sale at the time because somebody was turning 18, I guess, and the divorce decree, something, the house, I don't know. But mom looks at me and she says, are they showing the house tomorrow? And I said, no, ma'am, they're not. And she said, okay. And she went back to her bedroom and she couldn't get in. The door was locked and, and Hugh and, 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 and uh, Natalie Baker were back there, uh, humping on her ottoman. Okay. Please stop. In her bedroom, which they broke. And then Hugh, Donna jumps out a set. Mama's, we're on the second floor now. Jumps out a, a window and lands in a, uh, oh my gosh, what is a bush with all the thorns? Not a rose bush, a hypochondriac bush or something. Oh my God. Okay. A, a hibiscus bush. All right. Something with a lot of thorns. He jumped into the bush. He didn't know it was below the window. He jumped into the bush, he, all right. He did not, well, he did, but he did not want to see Jane. He did not want the wrath of Jane. I don't blame him. He came the next because he broke the toilet lid too when he, when he, when he jumped up on the toilet to, to hoist him, you know, to pivot him, not pivot, but javelin himself out the window. Into the hibiscus bush, uh, he broke his his the, the feet kicked back his shoes and, and broke Mama's toilet seat. He brought one the next day, put it in, installed it, and, and apologized. Well, good for him. I don't know about the ottoman. Mama was not happy about that ottoman because okay. she knew what was what, going what on. What were we that talking ottoman. about? We went to this. Um, what were we talking about? We were talking about oh, uh, marriage. Yes, marriage. Yes, get married, kids. Get married. Well, sum it up. Wrap it how up. How do we get through this? How do we get over here? I don't know. We walked. We talked. Here's the bottom line. I said this on the radio. I do now again, I don't think you should just seek out marriage. Like you have to be married that that defines you that, that you're only successful. If you've been married, you're only successful. If you've had children, that's not true. I think if you are in a committed relationship and you're just kind of like, eh, I don't believe in marriage. I think you ought to relook at that. I think there are a lot of things that marriage teaches people, helps people with. And I'm talking about even when it doesn't work out, there is something good about ups and downs, sticking it out. You know, I used to joke with you because of your first marriage that if we had an argument in the first probably six months of our marriage, you were grabbing your microwave. I was gone. Running out the door. You had never seen a relationship modeled either through your parents or in any relationship, I guess, that you had been in where you, there was resolution. you have an argument. You may not agree, but that's just life. Yeah. It doesn't mean the marriage, the friendship, the relationship is over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, yeah. So I think that there is something good about, you know, ups and downs. But I also think, and I believe this strongly, that you never want to be working for someone, married to someone, anything, where the person is just going through the motions. If, if if your employer doesn't think you're doing a great job, love you, want you to be there, don't be there. If your spouse feels caged in, feels like you're, you know, that the, the being married to you or for the two of you to be married is something that has to be done for the kids, 
for their family, for, for whatever, for, for the fact that they didn't fail at something. Not going to work. Right. It's not going to work. Uh, the same survey that revealed 40% of young adults think that marriage is outdated and the tradition doesn't matter anymore. Another number, 85% of young adults say that you don't need marriage to have a fulfilling and committed relationship. It's Cadillac Jack and Donna. I almost said to him, here's your sign and shot him a bird, but I didn't because I'm what? just not that kind of woman. That's, I'm really that's not. A classic. That's I'm classic. not. They're folks just like you. What happens to you, Cadillac Jack, when you Wait, eat Charleston Let me cheese? tell you something. There's some sort of something angry happens in my belly between my rooter and my tutor when I have a Charleston <laughs> shoe. It's not a person I can think of that I would wish that you would be with me when I smell <laughs> the way I do when I have a Charleston shoe. <laughs> Monday morning on The Bear, 92.5. We play great country music weekdays, 5.30 till 10 a.m. Eastern. Atlanta's the Bear 92.5. We play Cody Johnson. Cody Johnson is a uh, he's a, he's a newcomer, but, man, he hit quick because he won a Grammy last year. Uh, Grammy uh, Country song Grammy went for uh, Till You Can't, which was uh, his huge hit in uh, the past uh, year and a half. In the, the headline is this. I'm going to read you the headline, Donnie Ring. Cody Johnson plans to make upcoming album his best record yet. Well, of course that's his plan. What, 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 what would it be his plan? What would be his plan otherwise, Donnie, do you suspect? Uh, not not to make a crappy album. Well, you can't say that. Of course, you're going to no. try to make it your best album. I, bet. I mean, has he ever? Has he ever had like? Has the rub on him ever been like he can do better? Or I mean, I, I don't mean, know. He got a Grammy his first year out. Got a Grammy for best country song for Till You Can't. I mean, of course not. He's he's, he's remarkable. Uh, what was the follow up? Human was uh, was the uh, the follow up to uh, Till You Can't, which was uh, also which is a, such a beautiful another, song. So such a well written song. Cody Johnson says, you know what? This one I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna really try on this one. I'm gonna do my best. Not gonna half ass it, not gonna call it in. I just imagine him talking to Mike Dungan, the, the president of his record label. Mike, you know, listen, I, I just I'm not I'm not feeling it, but you want you an album, I'm gonna get you an album. Uh, I'm just not gonna try, I'm not going to make it uh, not not gonna try to make it the best record ever. I'm just gonna go in there and just kind of hem and haul around and play with some special effects and see what we get. Well, your fans and in, in, in country radio and your family, by the way, your wife and kids expect you to go in there and try to make it the best album ever. Uh, that should be the goal every day. I think next episode of this podcast, Donna, we're going to do dead or not dead. Uh, I know I've been saying that for about six weeks now. Uh, Tony Bennett passed uh, on Friday of last he's week. Dead. 90, he is dead. He's not. He's he's not. Yeah, he is dead. Uh, Ninety six years old, Alzheimer's disease. Uh, died mm. in, in New York City, his hometown. Over twenty studio albums, and uh, no, I'm sorry, it's more like eighty studio albums, twenty Grammys uh, during his career. And he loved country music, and we're partial to country music here. On this podcast, because Donna and I spent a combined over 40 years in country music uh, in Atlanta. Donna in sales. I was in programming on air. And now we're, we're reunited in country radio again. Uh, here Atlanta's the Beer 92.5. We're partial. We love we love all kinds of music, but we are we, we favor country music. I think that's a fair statement. Um, Carrie Underwood. Faith Hill. Willie Nelson. Tim McGraw all worked with Tony Bennett at some point. Uh, a lot of them were with him for the duets projects, including duets to the great performances. Uh, Lady Gaga was a big part of that. You know, Lady Gaga has been just mourning. Just, I mean, she's just, they were tight. She and Tony Bennett were very, very dear friends. Very, very And they, 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 they met doing, um, doing the, the, the collaboration. Carrie Underwood did one of his staple songs, one of the most recognized songs ever recorded by Tony Bennett. And the name of the song escapes me, but it was good. Mm. If there hadn't been you, right? If there hadn't been you, is that the name of it? Yes. It had to be you. It had to be you. The song was, It Had to Be You. 
And for his Grammys performance slot in 2012, Tony Bennett was told, pick anybody from the album, any of your collaborators that you want, pick one to perform on the Grammys. I mean, come on, that's a huge, a Grammys performance slot. Huge. huge. Of all the artists that he recorded with, uh, of all the collaborators from Duets 2, he chose Carrie Underwood. Uh, he, he handpicked Carrie Underwood. She was selected to perform. It had to be with the 2012 Grammys. Over the weekend, Carrie posted on social media, rest in peace, Tony. Am I keeping you up, Donna? No, sorry. You were the epitome of a gentleman with a God-given, one-of-a-kind voice. It was truly a great honor of my career and my life to get to share that stage with you. And he was. He was just like a consummate gentleman. But he smelled fantastic. Yes. What do you smell like, Tony? Just like money. Okay. Well, that's, that's all. And that's what we need. And impeccable manners, whatever that smells like. You know, we do updates every now and then. We have an update on, you know, I talked about going by Moselle, the famous scene of the crime for the Murdoch murder. Uh, had so many people reach out to say, what was it like? I, I want to go. I'm going to drive up. I wanted to drive up. I wanted to sit in the jury. I mean, this particular case really caught people's attention for whatever reason. I mean, it was obviously sorted and weird and everything, but I don't know. It's kind of like the OJ case. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So Melissa Cape, who is a great friend and fantastic pod peep, and I, she is a super spreader, you know? Yes, she's a super she's spreader. Always, we yes, love the super spreaders. Those that, that love her. Just share, and not, share. We, but we love her not just because she's a super. Of course spreader. not. We love her just because she's who she is, and and she's very very um. Well, I'm not going to say what she does because she may not want us outing her job. Yeah. However, she is an expert in this field, and she reached out to say that when people get hit by a car, their shoes do not necessarily fall off. Right. Conversation last episode was uh, Hardy, uh, country artist Hardy. What was it? Well. So part of the Murdoch trial was there was a kid who had been hit, supposedly, allegedly, by a car near Moselle um, some years back before all the other stuff started. And they started sort of redigging back into the case because there were always rumors that this high school kid, boy, and the Murdoch son were having relations. Understood. Or that the daddy and him right, were having right. relations. Right. And so there were a lot of people, including Hardy, who thought they killed him. And his take on it was, did you see how he was, they posed him in the road? And it was, it was like he was posing for Vogue. But his shoes flew off his feet, right? No. They, they were on his feet. Oh, that's right. That's right. On his feet. Tied in little bows. How about that? But 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 listen, Melissa, who who would know this, says that it's not she every- She corroborated. It's not every that, time that, that your shoes yeah. fly off. Yeah. That you may still she have your you shoes, can, your sensible shoes on. You can car, and your shoes may stay on, just yeah. tight as they can be. Love you, Melissa. I'm going to tell you something. If my golden goose tennis shoes, if I get hit by car number one, right, that's okay. devastating. Right. We can all agree it on is. that, right, yep. Caddy? Yeah, okay. yes, yes. But if I get hit by a car- and my golden goose tennis shoes fly off, Yep, you better go find right. those damn things That's it. That's and get the them back on my feet. All right. Our thanks to executive producers, Carl Appen and Hans Appen, uh, production assistants from Steve Mitchell and Ingo Studios in Atlanta, radio and production assistants uh, for radio and podcasts from Steve. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. 